Welcome into the Charlotte Soccer Show. We are broken, Johnny. We uh, Charlotte FC is broken. Yeah, you, uh, what a way to start the show with uh, a moment of technical, well, more than a moment of technical difficulties that pretty much summed up. There were technical difficulties in the stadium, and there were many technical difficulties on the pitch for Charlotte FC on Saturday. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing good. It's Sunday evening here in the QC. We're hanging out on YouTube uh, at Charlotte Soccer Show. Uh, you can you can follow us here. Make sure you sub- subscribe. And Danny Brams, it looks like you've got a uh, a nice bottle of vino again this evening. <laughs> uh, this is the same bottle that I've been drinking from for the last couple of weeks. I don't know. Pure, pure wine connoisseurs would probably laugh at me and, and probably actually be disgusted by what I've done here. I can be bottle. honest. I, I kind of feel that way. Yeah. Well, you know, hey. I don't care. It tastes fine to me. And uh, I'm not much, you know, I drink a lot of the, uh, I drink beers when we record our shows. I drink a lot of the games, but other than that, I'm not really a heavy drinker in life, you know? So it's like, I kind of get it all in at those social occasions and uh, I'm, I'm a slow drinker. So I haven't had a chance. I haven't had a occasion to finish this bottle. I'm going to try to finish the bottle here. Got the, I got about three fingers worth uh, by the end of this episode. Maybe I'll pop another one. Who knows? What happened yesterday after the match? I, I couldn't make it. I had a wedding. Uh, congratulations to Chad and Amanda Palavoy tying the knot on Saturday night. Two here beautiful people in Plaza. It was a great wedding in Plaza. So I was I was there yesterday, and you were. Tell me about your post match uh, celebrations, and by, oh, by celebrations I mean St. Patrick's Day weekend. Up, right, up right. We, you're like, yeah, how could you celebrate it? A hor- the worst game that Charlotte FC has ever played. Well, I'd have to say that the timing was everything. The uh, I'm walking out of the stadium uh, with a group of folks. NC Tiger Girl and the Volax, really, and and Hannah, my uh, my wingman, who comes to a lot of the games with me, and Volax, and I'm like trying, I'm like I'll, I'm like about to go this way, right? I'm like I'm like take a right turn to go to your car, and uh, Volax goes, "Hey man, St. Patty's Day bar call. Just come, we're going to Graham Street Pub. Just come out for one. Just come get come get a shot and then and then take off." I'm like, "Sure, you know, yeah." Like, because I drove, I had driven. Everyone understood. Like I had driven from Nashville, Tennessee, where I was working last week. On left at Friday, seven p.m. Eastern. Got home at like two two a.m. Eastern, which that's pretty decent. You know, let's call it one forty-five and give myself even a little more credit for making your time. And the uh, so I was exhausted. I, I got up at eight a.m. I felt like a zombie. I hustled my ass down to the fortress. Uh, got got in pretty good way. I actually was like really proud of myself for all for like rallying. You were Charlotte there early, like ten a.m. Did you get to the building? Yeah, I got I got there right at ten a.m. Which, again, a story within a story. I was uh, you, you I was were really... you could watch the matches, right? The the no, Premier League games in there. No. I was hoping to watch some Premier League before I walked in and, and found a seat in the supporter section. Instead, they were playing NBA highlight shows. They were playing World Baseball Classic, and they were playing. Uh, pre-recorded uh not live cheerleading competitions on the screen so you know that, that let's step that up let's actually realize hey we got a bar full of soccer fans here and some giant screens and there's premier league games on maybe we should actually like let the fans watch the premier league i don't know like it's it goes to the whole mentality of like the total the total club experience like like it's not enough just to like sign 30 players and and hire a coach and put pick 11 guys to go out on the pitch and, and go kick the ball around like this is a club like Let's make it a club. Let's up our level of the game day, match day experience, please. Like, pay attention to what's going on inside the stadium, please, Charlotte FC, I got to say. But complaints about the lack of Premier League soccer aside, the game was horrible. I take right turn to go to my car, and Volak was coming out for one, and I'm exhausted. He knew I was exhausted. But 
they dragged me off to Graham Street Pub. I had a shot of Jaeger, had a green beer. I go up, I had an IPA, and then all of a sudden we're we're on the bar crawl, you know. So, so there it goes. We went to like four or five different places, tequila shots. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, I I gave away my hat. There was actually a really nice hat giveaway at the stadium, and it was a really cool hat. It was like white with all these little crowns on it and a and a blue bill. And I actually wore two hats the whole game. I'm like, I wore a hat to the game, so I'm wearing my Charlotte FC black hat, and then I wear the fresh hat on top. Walked around looking like an idiot for you know three hours with double hats on, and then I just gave my hat away at the bar because I was just like so wasted. I was just like, yeah, I totally forgot. Uh, so that was kind of funny. And then uh, yeah, so then I uh, I finally pulled away from. Them. I left, and they were still going. I finally like stumbled my way out to the corner and called an Uber. And they're like still going strong in the uh, yeah. I did not get back to my car till hours, many hours later, unfortunately. But um, it's it's a good way to spend a Saturday, you know. Yeah. It's, Our crawl, man. What could be better? St. Patrick's uptown, and and let's forget about what you saw at noon. We we said on Thursday's show, we asked the question: Does the noon kick? You know, is it shit? And it turned out to be, you know, maybe a blessing in disguise. Um, where you know, you got to walk out of there around two thirty and mm-hmm. go have a nice afternoon and mm-hmm. forget about your I really troubles. Did. Right? I really did. Had a did great, that had a great even, day. I turned did that it, match turned even happen? You know, when, you know. Sadly, it did. Uh, you know, it's sad. Like I said, I don't know if Charlotte was really ready for it. It's it's lame to like be the one that's caught by surprise on the early kick in your own home stadium. Atlanta came out and was just like ready to go from from minute one. Well, I, I've got a, a a big topic to kick us off tonight. And it is is Christian Latanzio and it's Brant Bronico at the left back. It's it's Enzo Capetti and it's a air of frustration on the pitch at all times. What does Latanzio think about that? We're, we're going to hear from him. I, I think that'll be really interesting to talk about, Danny. Um, there's there's I guess negative energy surrounding Andre Shinyashiki right now. Camille Uzviak. What about the Camille? What about the Camille Uzviak stands out there? I mean, like <laughs> they're out literally. there. They're out there in full force. I, I don't understand why fight. people just latch on to one player and like defend them to like their death. It makes no sense to me. Like it's a it's a team sport. This isn't about like individuals. Let's let's find the right formation. I appreciate you being. If that's the case, then I appreciate you being gracious with me last year when I admittedly did that for the Blue Hornet, Alan Franco. I was like all about that guy. I wanted him to just like be my favorite player, but I think like the experience with him kind of put me in the same mindset that you're describing now, which is like you can't just like get obsessed with one player because it does it doesn't work. And and uh, my my obsession with Franco last year was certainly a. Uh, a stain on my record as a Charlotte FC podcaster, <laughs> but it felt like it was authentic at the time. What can I say? So, I mean, I <laughs> considering he played that poorly and got shipped out so quickly, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get more authentic than that right, unless, right. unless you were, unless you were doing a bit, which could not have been more wrong for sure. But I don't think, yeah, the Yosemite stands are out. That's the, no, no doubt. The, 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 the social media battles are probably are raging as we record this. And they have been since the game was over for sure. So I, I heard some whistles. I heard some booze at halftime and post-match as well and first time ever that i boo i was booing you, you probably heard me because i was booing I, I at a certain point camille just brought it out of me and i just i just lustily booed from the supporter section i don't know if that maybe that doesn't makes me a not a true fan i'm not sure but uh it's because of moments like this still work to do still time for charlotte 
to try to get something back before halftime. Might be open now for Atlanta United. Almada skips around Bronico. Araujo. Back to Almada. Leaves it for Wiley. That was easy. That was easy. Oof, that was easy. That was that was right at the end of the first half, by the way. That was that was like the ref was about to blow his whistle, and he's like, oh, let's see what Almada does with this ball. And then it turned into a third goal. Horrible. Yeah, that was a horrible moment. There was there was some booze as the I was actually already in the supporters bar at that time. I saw that I saw that that goal happen from inside on the video board. So yeah, probably people were booing out there. There was a later moment, like in the 70th minute, when Camille just kind of like was trying to like beat a couple of defenders by like kicking the ball to the byline and then out racing them and getting the cross, but he kicked it too far with no touch. He basically passed the ball directly out of bounds to short circuit an attack and uh, we're we broken. were broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like- and, uh, and people, I was like, it was just, it just came out of me, man. I booed. I, I booed my own team. I had to do it. And many other, I, many other people availed themselves of the opportunity for sure. It was, it was rough to see. I, it was the worst game Charlotte FC has ever played. Let's be honest. It, it, it was worse than the LAFC game because LAFC, when they beat us 5-0 last year, like at their place, yeah, we were completely horrible, but like that's the eventual champions and they, and they was at their place. This was at our place in, against our rival in a game where we were supposedly playing – you know, for the spirit of our fallen brother, like Anton, there was so much ceremony surrounding Anton Walks. Is that really firing up the players anymore? Or is that actually kind of like holding them back? I'm not sure. But like, you'd think we had every reason to go out there and win. And we just played like one of the shit performances of, of all time, basically. It's a bad performance. It's a lot of emotion. Anton Walks certainly is on players and coaches and fans mind before every match right mm-hmm. now. Because it's it's a loss that is somewhat unfathomable, unfathom- right? Where it's like you go down into training camp and you come back without one of your players. I, I we talked about it on this show, and it's a it's a horrible, horrible situation. And um, yeah, you know, and it, the it, efforts it should, on it should, him are great. Obviously, yeah, it, it, it should spur this team on, right? It should motivate them. But at the same time, sometimes people need time. Right, mm-hmm. that didn't that didn't happen a long time ago, and that's right. what I think. These this guys are point, humans, and this is like time can eventually um, heal those kind of wounds, and I and mm-hmm. I believe that, and I, I live um, by that phrase. I think um, most times where a negative event happens in my life or anybody's life, really, I <clears throat> I encourage to take time, and these this is only three games, right? So um, it's early in the season, and it feels like the bottom's falling out, and Maybe it is, um, and maybe this team needs a needs to sack the manager and come in with with a new idea and start different players. Only if Danny, only if like the the young players don't get on the pitch. There has mm-hmm. to be some some uh, some trust in guys like Jalen Lindsay, guys like mm-hmm. Ben Bender, and, what did I and young say? players with the club. What it was it was a was it last episode or was it the one before? I think it was actually last week's recap episode last Sunday. And I don't think I repeated myself on the Thursday show, but I did say at one point, yes, Charlotte will beat Atlanta. I guarantee Charlotte wins against Atlanta FC if Jalen Lindsay starts. He didn't have he didn't start and we didn't have a chance. So like, he might not have made all the difference there, but I just like he he certainly deserves more of a look. You you did some really good research at you know in the whole in the aftermath of the game. Well, I was out taking Jaeger shots and popping tequila shots and uh, eating some really, really good pizza at Basante's. 
you were doing the research and a little bit of a dive. You went back and like screenshotted our starting 11 from the home match against Atlanta in 2022 that we won 1-0. Alcivar's Olympico, Guzon blames the wind. One of the banner days, one of the early like great days in Charlotte FC history back then, you know, back in the first couple months of that season. And you saw it was a, it was a completely different situation. It was obviously a different coach, but Lindsay was in. Bronico was holding down at the six on his own. It wasn't the double pivot, and it was a which I don't. And then it was a strike partnership. It was Carol Swiderski playing second striker up there with Danny Rios, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is on the screen right now. And like you said, man, like Carol Swiderski is not working on the left wing. Anyone can see it. If you one thing, uh, Taylor Twelman said right before Atlanta scored their third goal, as I was doing the rewatch this morning, he was like, Taylor said, I would be shocked if Charlotte comes out in the second half and has not moved Swiderski into a second striker role with, with Copetti. And he, you know, I guess he was shocked because that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, this is just this is like a mutt as sad as it is, even with Franco and Alcivar who've been kicked out of the team and ben, ben Bender who is in the witness protection program right now even like imagine if that midfield right there is like Santos Shinyashiki and Vargas or, or something like that you know like uh in this formation I think we'd be looking a lot better situation personally and it starts at the back <clears throat> and maybe that's been the Achilles heel for this squad so far because they're they're giving up easy goals they're letting teams walk right through and when you look at that back line you see a a steadiness there with mm -hmm. Brant in that CDM role where he can try to step on passes where he can right. try to get in between passing lines and really muck up the game in that area. And he has cover at that left back. You have to be a lot less aggressive mm -hmm. on defense and or, uh, discipline in your position. Right. And Brant has, doesn't have the the experience to do that. So Christian Latanzio uh, is, is in my opinion, putting him out of position um and it's somebody that you know could benefit from a change of position that's one guy um but the second thing danny i wanted to get in with you into with you this evening is about the prince that was promised right it's about it's about enzo capetti and like i i think the this the soundbite that christian latanzio gave after the match was worth playing on the show um so let's, let's, up. let's listen to it and talk about it has to happen is that he needs to understand better the league. I told him that I'm not happy with certain uh, way. I'm not condone he, him going to the ref all the time. And if he goes to the ref and uh, complain, okay, but then during the play, while he's still focused on that. Otherwise, he become and this is not an, uh, a behave that I want. So the, our leaders, our DPs, and our leaders, the more experience they have to show with behavior, not our words what uh, they what the team has to do if they want to be leaders they have to lead in the right way i'm not going to prepare to condone any any behaviors that doesn't help the team to win games and i don't think that some of the behaviors maybe can work in other countries but not here and uh, i don't want that uh, in the team so for him is to we will uh, talk more because i think he has got qualities that i really like that i want in the team but i also want a different uh, uh, body language when he's on the pitch that clip was whoa! Take it down. <laughs> oh man! Excuse me, sorry, sorry. As 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 I kept listening to that, I was just like, oh my god, I got to chug this thing. Wow, what a quote! What a what what a 
stealth bomb drop that really is from the, the gaffer in the postgame press conference, to be honest. Exactly. I, I heard that and I was um, intrigued by his uh, his statement of the obvious, right? And it, right. It, it felt refreshing to to hear him say something like that. So let me ask you this, though. A, because I do not, I do not disagree with what Latanzio said there. He, I don't quite think he needed to get in the the, the end of the quote. Where he says, "Well, maybe that works in other countries, but that doesn't work here." Don't like that part as much, but I do like what he's saying early on in that soundbite, which is, "You need to say it with your actions and not your words, and your body language needs to be better." Enzo's body language has been horrible. He is taking some time to adjust to Major League Soccer. I think that's more of a there's nothing that has to do inherent with, you know, the country aspect of it, like he was hinting at, in my personal opinion. But uh, there is a difference in leagues. The MLS is not the Argentinian league, obviously. That's just, like, the refereeing is different and and there's different sort of standards of what constitutes a foul and things like that. Uh, just they're sort of uh, blatantly agreed upon. But the, uh, the thing I will say, though, is Enzo Costas, man. Like, Enzo two times, notably in the first half, rolled around – with fake injuries, uh, I we can go on a rant about soccer, fake injuries or whatever, but, like, the guy is just really quick to, like, try to get stuff from the referee, like, so far in his first three games that we've seen. He's always trying to get something from the referee. Referees have been slow to give it to him. And I think, like, there was two notable incidents in the first half that caused there to be six minutes of stoppage time. Now, most of the stoppage – six minutes is a lot of stoppage time for a first half in MLS. Most of that came from the penalty kick review. And – a few and there was an injury to an Atlanta player earlier so most of the time was that but I think it was six minutes instead of five I think it's only five minutes injury time if Enzo would have just played on in a couple spots when he was like complaining and trying to get like after the fact fouls and so ends that sixth minute of stoppage time when Atlanta added their third goal so little it's a butterfly effect that I think Enzo did cost us the third goal in a way uh in that regard now what I will say also and I want to throw this back to you whether or not Latanzio was correct is the press conference and the, uh, saying that to the press, is Latanzio an accomplished enough manager to sort of be the type of like Phil Jackson or Nick Saban type that speaks to his players through the media? Uh, and, and should that have been more of a private conversation? Was was Latanzio sh- uh, a little bit too heated by the time he, he stepped into the presser, which I heard was like an hour. Like he, there was an hour long delay between the uh, final whistle and the, uh, the press conference beginning, but he still seemed pretty pissed. It's a great question. It has me thinking about when he got appointed as manager for the club. I I think a lot of the compliments players gave about him is that they knew where they stood with him, Mm -hmm. right? That he was willing to be honest about where they stood in the squad and what their role was going to be. And they respected that. MAR was not that, right? Mm -hmm. MAR, what would he do after the match? He would go into his lab, shut the door, and not talk to anybody. Yeah. Right. And the players didn't know where they stood. Yeah. And they clearly hated that. And Latanzio is the opposite. So I think maybe what he heard him say there, the players already heard him say in the locker room. So it's not like anything new that they're hearing. So to me, that would be strange if there was a, um, a message in the press that he didn't give to them in the locker room. Based on you say that hour, delay before he spoke you know what was going on there a lot of ass chewing for sure yeah. you mentioned you mentioned Saban 
You know, there's a lot. There, I bet you there was a lot of ass chewing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Great in that locker. Great crossover term there. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so because you'd hate to think. In, 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 if that's the case, and it's like, hey, I've told this guy to his face privately in the locker room two or three times, he's not getting it. I guess I have to go tell the world and tell the public at a, in front of a microphone to like be like, hey, bro, I mean it. Like, you need to stop doing this. Like, Enzo's got to stop doing it. I do think it was interesting. We saw some commentary. There was a, a post uh, that Twitter where we got that Twitter video. The person who the person who posted it was kind of uh, posting it from a kind of a like this is kind of messed up point of view. They weren't happy with Latanzio's comments. And then so one of the replies was like, yeah, I noticed he never did that about Swiderski, you know, last year when Swiderski was having body language issues early in the season. I think most of Swiderski's body language issues were in the MAR area, probably not not Latanzio, but it is just interesting. I would it was hate- similar. It is similar, though. That's, that, lets you, that lets you say something. Yeah. And I would hate – we can't afford to just, like, lose Enzo this quickly. So – Hopefully Enzo has more mental toughness than your average bear because he in this spot where the manager's calling you out to the press, like obviously you're going to – you can either like go into a shell and be like, F that guy, you know, forget that. I'm not even, I'm not even going to try to play for this loser anymore. You can be like that or you can be like, wow, he made a good point. I need to step it up. I need to change my ways. I need to self-examine a little bit. And as a new father, I can tell you, you're – it, you, your priorities change and your attitude uh, needs to shift a little bit. So uh, good, good that maybe that'll help. You know, may, maybe he's growing and he's a young guy. So you know, he's he's impetuous uh, and he wants what he wants. He he is getting beat up. I will say he's getting beat up. There were a couple times where he's clipped, but it's just like you got to learn to just get up and play on. And then you have to sort of earn the refs' respect. I feel a little bit more before you can, like once you've once they know that like you can get like. So you got to establish a baseline of being like, okay, I'm a guy that always gets up and plays on and make and like goes and goes and doesn't fake an injury because then when you are down and rolling around later and the ref knows you has a has built in his mind that you're not a faker, then it's like, oh shoot, this guy's down. I better like that. That says more of an impact. It's a boy who cried wolf effect, obviously, and, and so. I don't know. He needs to be banging in more goals. He's not the main problem. Bron, you know, we mentioned Bronico off the top uh, in terms of. That's the other big Latanzio issue. Trying to for, like against St. Louis, Bronny at left back didn't didn't kill us. Against Atlanta, it absolutely destroyed us. It is the Brant Brant's Brant, one of my favorite players on the team, hopelessly lost and out of position at left back, not knowing what to do. Trying and he's literally at fault on all three goals. Uh, and other guys are too. It's not like he bears all the fault, but he's at fault on all three goals that we surrendered and burn as well. So it's like we're we're out there playing nine versus eleven almost with no. Fullbacks are we have z- nothing from the fullbacks and this whole Latanzio tactic of like I well I like my inverted fullbacks I I like my fullbacks to cut in it's not working man and it's like you got to change your system to match your personnel not the other way around you don't like force players to fit into a system I've got good news to spend things forward Danny uh, thinking about Orlando on Saturday and the watch party that we're gonna have at Elizabeth Parlor Room I'm thinking about that. And thinking about the fact that Orlando has to play a midweek match beforehand, yep. right? So this is one of those times. Uh, Against a, a very tough opponent. Exactly. At home. And, and it's, a, it's a second leg. So uh, I think it was nil-nil in the first leg. So they, they're, it's all to play for for them. They, they're going to have to go hard. So the CCL is going to impact 
um, the match this week, which is, I think, I, what I want to do. I want to spin this forward because remember, once you get three points, you can maybe get on a roll. I know it's really difficult to go in there to, to Orlando, Danny, and get the three points, but um, it's a team that's that's unbeaten. It's a team that hasn't lost yet this year. So, and we're know. bottom of the table with Montreal, and, who yes. I, I called out as the I, before the season. I was like, "Oh, Montreal will be the worst team in the East, easy." And then now we're sitting there. There, our name is next to theirs in the standings. Saturday night is going to be for the real ones, right? Because we're going mm-hmm. to the Independence opening match at five o'clock yeah, at yeah. Memorial Stadium, and then we're it's a double head, header headed to Elizabeth Parlett Room for the seven thirty kick for charlotte fc at orlando i think it's gonna be a great day for uh soccer in the, the city of charlotte so um if you're looking for a, a match this weekend and maybe you can get a better product on the pitch right you want to go see some players uh score some goals and get a w <laughs> yeah this is now a charlotte independence podcast uh as as of saturday at 5 p.m or as of yeah who knows oh, it'll be fun it, you know who they're playing they're playing um the richmond kickers. kickers yeah 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 who charlotte fc played and, and beat last year in the u.s open cup right so the independents is, are, are going to get a shot at them uh, on Saturday night That's to kick really off cool. the season. So yep. um, it'd be fun to watch them play. I think it's a difficult match to start the season for the keep, independents. Keep your eyes peeled to this space. We nothing guaranteed, but we may have a very special guest joining us on our on our uh, Thursday episode, uh, previewing both uh, both aspects of that uh, Charlotte is a soccer city doubleheader going on on Saturday. Can't wait. That's a little tease for the people in the biz. that's exactly what it's called um inside the ropes inside the ropes here on charlotte soccer show and uh, i'm I'm thinking about the rest of the show what you want to talk about i think there's a couple traditions that the club they're trying to i i thought i wanted to say impose that's the wrong phrase for it but is volar working at the end of the matches danny like you combine that with the the booze, and I just want to talk about the the current culture at the club. I think there's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of negativity around at the club right now, and I kind of and, and it's like the blame game is happening. I saw mm-hmm. the negativity surrounding Andre Shinyashiki. Yeah, this week too. Uh, falsely and, and accused. Falsely accused Shinyashiki, big time. You know, I think um, there was there was definitely a moment in the match where. Uh, you called out. He he was a big time playmaker, and and in that first half, even though it was a three nil uh, loss in the first half, that was um, Charlotte FC had chances in that first half. Danny Bramson, and Shinyashiki was mm-hmm. uh, in the he middle. He created of all one of the very biggest one. Yeah, Shinyashiki and Westwood created one of the biggest ones. And what I want to say to the haters out there and the people that are out there saying like, oh, you know, a, a lot of times. This goes. This works both ways. So I think we have a two-part discussion coming up, which is, and we don't have to get into the actual like who should play uh, until our next preview episode. But like, there's all this consternation and speculation over like who's to blame? Is Shinyashiki not working? Is Yusviak not working? And the Yusviak stands are are coming out with stats that back Camille, and the Andre haters are coming out with stats that that uh, shine a negative light on Andre. But a lot of times your stats in a soccer game, when it comes to duels lost and possessions and all that stuff, it's really going to come down to the tactics that you're being asked to play. First off, Shinya's miscast as a central player anyway. I thought he was really great on the wing in the MAR era and scored a ton of goals, created a lot of goals. And like, I I think our third leading scorer last year. And now, but Latanzio is just like convinced in his mind that, that Andre is a central player. So he's got him playing in the central role. 
And outside or inside, the thing, the reason I want to say that Shinishiki has been starting is because he is our very best pressing attacker that we have on the whole squad. There's multiple examples that I that I saw. He went, he like stole, basically he like stole the ball right back off of a throw-in in the let me check the minute on this because I uh I want to just say with precision, but and he created then he like possessed the ball and like moved it down the left sideline, then got it to Camille, then cut in. It was the 14th then, minute. Yeah, and then Camille, yeah, thank you. And then Camille sent a pass. Camille sent a really nice pass to Westwood, and then Westwood uh backheeled it back to Andre, who continued the run, sort of this whole like this half moon, like arcing run from like midfield to sideline to in the box. And then Andre, he did, you know, fully, fully admitting he he held up the play a little too long. He didn't do that final ball to like move it on to Kopetti or Swerderski, who were kind of both open in the box in different spots. And he he did short, he he busted up the attack at the end, but he created the whole attack with three things, doing three things, which was stealing the ball off the throw in, p- possessing it and advancing it through a double team, which Camille can't. I haven't seen Camille beat too many double teams. Camille likes to dribble into double teams, then give the ball away. Uh, but Shinyashiki beat, you know, holds the ball through a double team, makes the right pass, continues the run, f- reads the back heel of Westwood to like get into this right position. And and yes, he didn't finish it, but like he he makes plays that no one else can. Later in like the I think in the 44th minute or something like that, if you want to look it up, I'll look up the exact time. But like there was another play where Atlanta had the ball at midfield and single-handedly, like just by like displaying pressure, Shinyashiki. This was in the uh, in the yeah like right towards the end of the half, right before Atlanta scored. Unfortunately, Shinya was like pressing forward and like a one, but with single hand like pushed them all the way back from midfield, all the way back to their own byline just by pressing. So Shinya Shiki started for a very good reason, and it's not has nothing to do with stats. It has to do with the fact that he's the very best aggressive possessing midfielder that we have on the squad, and. Uh, you know, Capetti does a good job of it too, but those are the, and those are the two guys who are the best, I think. And like, and there's, there, that's the reason is because Latanzio wants pressure on the other team when, when uh, they're trying to advance it out of the back, he's trying to steal it back and, and turn them over. And Shinya's the best at that. If you don't like it, watch the tape and don't post like out of context clips of like him jogging for a couple seconds off to the side of Camille dribbling into a double t- team on the sideline and say that this makes Shinya bad. Cause I can find 10 other clips that show just how good Shinya is. If we need to get into a, to a posting clips war, that's what I'll say to those out there. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great call and you should, you know, pick something um, like a, a play that, that highlights exactly what you talked about in that 14th minute. Like that's a, that's a play that really makes Shinya look good. It's just that final third where he's got to put it in the back of the net, which he could mm-hmm. do last year. We talked at the beginning, Taylor, about pressure for Charlotte. Without a win, without a point in its first two, well, this start will just ramp that up. This is a good ball for Ashley West with the back heel to Shinya Chiki. His shot is blocked now Capetti. Shinya is always willing to be in the in the right places. And you, you put him inside the box, he could he could get it into the back of the net. And I think right, right now you're looking at a, a goal drought for most people on the team. And if you go back to last season for Charlotte FC and you think about who um, scored most of the goals, it's it's Carol Svodersky, it's Danny Rios, who started that game against Atlanta last year. And it's Ben Bender 
and it's Andre Chinyashiki. When you think about it that way, um, and you think about the other players on the squad, there's just really no goal contribution. So, you know, we can we can talk about the defensive issues. We can talk about why we we don't have you know offense happening. I think I, I saw a lot of criticism as well called um, hit and hope crosses into the box, and I, I feel like that's a fair criticism. I, I do. Because when you, the reason why Christian Latanzio was playing Carl Soderski on that right side, I think he's he's looking for that goal connection that happened in St. Louis, and that play was was absolutely incredible, right? Um, I, I don't think that's something that you're going to see um, every single week. Uh, Svidersky whip ball into the box unless it's coming from a free kick, and I think that's if Carl Svidersky is playing as a second striker who is protected by a Enzo Capetti in that role and that same bouncer role that we used to call Danny Rios. To me, that was, that was, that was a big part of what was missing on, on Saturday at the keep. So does that mean you have to switch to a, a four, four, two? Does that mean you have to switch to um, a different formation? I don't know, Danny Brams, because you know what Andre Shinyashiki does and you're back. I, I, I was just, dr- I was droning on. What, you get, you're getting your dinner delivered. Yeah, I had to. Go, I had. Well, I had to. Dir- I, <laughs> full transparency here on the Charlotte Soccer Show. I had a dinner delivery coming, and the guy couldn't find the place, so I had to like run out and like try to like directive. And now he's like parking and bringing the food up, but I had to rush back here. So I'm gonna have oh. to get up again in a second. But uh, but yeah. Well, good because I'm not finished my thought. I was keep just going, welcome, keep welcome, going. Yeah, I want. I want to hear four, four, the show. I heard four four two, and I was like, yes, yes, please yes. four four two. Um, so. Uh, when you when you look at goals per game, it's Swiderski, it's Rios, it's Shinjashiki, it's Bender, it's Fuchs, and then it's Reina, right? There's there's nobody in Bender. that side. There's nobody in that side on Saturday, except for Kyle Swiderski and Andre Shinjashiki that knows how to put balls into the back of the neck, and that's why Shinjashiki's on the pitch. And it's again Christian Latanzio failing everyone there. I think. Uh, remember when we used to complain about. Um, Christian Latanzio playing Andre Shinyashiki at the uh, at the striker position. Uh, remember that? And now all of a sudden, like he's at the 10 and that's where we expect him to be. That was my third choice. I'd rather have Andre Shinyashiki on that right wing than Carol Svidersky and Carol playing in that 10 role behind Enzo Capetti and a left wing out there on the left. It's not Yusviak for me. I think um, you should potentially consider switching that left wing position as well. There's just no, there's nothing in the final third there. I, I, I heard a lot of criticism about Yuzviak being called the worst designated player in Major League Soccer. You know, at the moment, is he that? Eventually, Danny, eventually, eventually, Camille has to score goals. And if he's not scoring goals, you have to give somebody else a real run at a chance to score goals. The, the Yusviak goals are nowhere to be found. He plays left wing. I, w- I want to give one slight uh, edit to what you just said, which was you said Camille Yusviak needs to score goals. And I said he needs to score goal. <laughs> he's sitting on a big fat zero right now. So, yeah, sorry. Sorry about the uh, slight delay there. My fault. That's all right. Thanks for caring. What you just did right there. You care. You that's called carrying us for for a, a little monologue stretch, which I much much appreciate. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to do it because there's there's clearly a lot of 
a lot of things to talk about when it comes to Charlotte FC. So uh, there's there's a couple of things I want to do before we get out of here. First thing I want to ask you, what you're having for dinner tonight? Shake Shack. Oh, <laughs> let's go. I'm a, I'm a Shake Shack guy. What can I say? You know, I like a burger. Anyone yeah. who's seen me knows I like a burger. I'll tell you what, if, if you're a business owner, if you own a restaurant, that's not a bad place to advertise the Sunday night uh, Charlotte soccer show. Get some right, shake, right. Yeah, I don't want to give them too Jack. much free advertising, but uh, yeah. That'd be nice uh, to partner up with with a burger company, which, by the way. How about uh, Bang Bang? Uh, if we go local, give, give me a Bang Bang burger, you know, please. That being said, the burgers that Volak uh, made. <sighs> kidding me? On burgers and bourbon <laughs> night. Better than right. I don't. I don't think that Shake Shack is gonna uh, no, nothing, nothing compete ever, with those yeah. burgers. Yeah, I'm. So. I can still taste the the real, just the 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 liquid smoke in the in the meat, and he just like uh, brought out for sure. Uh, but yeah, the this caption here I want to throw up on Yusviak was that stats do lie. You can find plenty of stats that'll tell you that Yusviak's doing a good job, but uh, he has no goals. He kicked the ball out of bounds on one of our uh, promising attacks. Uh, he dribbles into double teams uh, and pins himself up against the sideline. Um, Brant made Brant uh, in the first goal that like Arujo did the slide tackle in and slid it to Amada, and then Amada kicked it. I think five guys collapsed on Amada, and then Wiley was left completely wide open because Burn was still standing in midfield. All that was started by a really lame bad pass from Bronico, but he's out of position to left back. But as bad as the pass was, Yushviak is the guy who was lazy and going to retrieve it and let Arujo slide in there and get the turnover. So, like, everyone bears a little bit of fault. I think mostly it was Burns' fault, but but Bronico was at fault as well. Yushviak had some fault for sure. And you want to get into the penalty. Like, think about that penalty moment where we thought we had a PK, like, in the, in the first, it was in the 27th minute, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and it was awarded to us, and then VAR took it away. And the reason being was because Brooks Lennon was horrible and played like he basically like did a fucking back that ass up into Camille and like didn't even try to make a play on the ball, just turned around and like boxed out as if he like played for the Atlanta Hawks or something like that and like knocked Camille over. But the problem was the reason that penalty was overturned on VAR is because Camille completely whiffed a wide open volley that like fell to him and he like. He like threw his whole, he like launched himself off of both feet. Like you said, like we were looking at it earlier. Like he like threw so much effort into this, this right footed kick that his left foot came off the ground too. And he's up in the air and completely whiffed the ball and it's, and just made a clown out of himself. And it's, it's like, if you make good, if you make any type of contact on that ball and like stand up strong through the shot and Lennon does what he did, that's a hundred percent of penalty every single time. But when you jump up in the air with the shot, and then, like, kind of fall down as the guy commits a foul on you. The ref's going to take it away, and that's what happened. So it was unfortunate. Um, I think someone, I think Taylor Twelman again said it should have been called a penalty, and it should have been overturned. Like the right decision was made both times, and probably that's the case. Uh, it just goes to speak that, like, Camille, man, I don't know. It's it's. I know he's got the stands out there. I'm not. I don't want to start a war with the stands. We got a lot of tifos that are Camille fans including the aforementioned Volak, you know, our boy Matt Barbie's been out there fighting all the battles and I get it guys. I get that you like him, but man, he is just not a DP at all. And he really is like a squad player, like role player. Like he's the guy you bring in when you like need some grit. He's almost like a, 
like he would have thrived in like MLS in like 1999, you know, when it was just like all like pure grit and and, and things like that. So that's my take. That's my. I'm sorry to the Camille stands. I love you. It's not a personal battle, but like, don't shit on Shin Yashiki, who's like up there, like doing all kinds of amazing like pressing and like getting really aggressive, and then like try to sell me Camille Yushviak as as the answer. That's all I'm gonna say. You're really hating on the uh, Derby players, <laughs> Derby County. Yeah. Well, yeah, Burn's horrible. Burn is Burn. Listen, listen. Burn gave a midweek press conference where, and he said stuff like, "Oh, yeah, no one's harder on. I'm, I'm my own harshest critic, and you know, I'm not happy with my performances, or I'm not thrilled with my performances, but I am content because I think I've done okay. I could do better." And it's like, no, bro, you could do way better. Like, it's getting out of hand with like how much this guy is like not contributing anything. And really taking stuff off the table. You can you can either bring stuff to the table, you can leave the table as it is, or you can actively be removing things from the table. I think that's the old Bill Simmons bit. And uh, Burn is uh, Burn's ripping. Burn's like just picking up the tablecloth and th- throwing it out the window at this point. I'm sorry. Like I got to call like I see it. Right? Like I'm not here to like talk bag all of our players, but like there's reasons why we're zero and three, and one of them is just absolute lack of anything from the fullback in defense or offense, both sides. Which leads me to my final question of the evening, which is. <laughs> At 1.46 p.m. on March 11th, 2023, the Charlotte Soccer Show Twitter account went all caps. I went all caps and I, I hate to do it. You hate to go all caps. You really do. And the question was, for those listening on uh, their, their favorite podcast platform, how the fuck is Atlanta making the first substitution in this match? Yet again, all three games, right? The opponent has made has subbed before Latanzio. Like we thought there we'd see halftime subs, but no dice. I I don't get it. And if something's not working, you gotta change. And for some reason, Christian Latanzio is is sticking with his guys uh, late into the match. And that's that's really tough. Let's 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 think about this substitution pattern, right? It's it's a <clears throat> let's see here. First substitution is made in the 59th minute by Atlanta, and you're they're you're absolutely at the time. You're, you're shocked. They're changing it up. Yeah. You're shocked. They're changing it up for the final 30 minutes because they're just hey, okay, let's make a change. Let's right. let's get somebody on. You know, Barry's not having a good game at the top, so let's switch him out and give another mm-hmm. striker a chance. Or uh, and <clears throat> we wait 10 minutes. Our FC waits almost 10 minutes. Eight and nine minutes to get on Kerwin Vavargas, who people called for, and Harrison Awful to get Nathan Byrne out for, for Shinya Shiki. And, and that Shinya Shiki Vargas substitution, think about this, right? That's not like for like based on positioning. So, no, right. They moved Carroll more central at that point. Carroll went back to the inside after that sub. So, at least at that point, at the 67th minute, Christian Latanzio was saying, okay, we got to switch things up. I got to move Carroll back outside. But once again, you get it wrong to, to start. And mm-hmm. and it's fine. This the, These these first three games, there's there's a lot of conversation about the club. There's a lot of conversation about David Tepper, Zoran Cronetta. There's a, conver- a lot of conversation about everybody involved. The, it's a it's a swirling wind of negativity for sure surrounding the club. So I, I get it. And I, I think that's a that's a good place to leave it, right? You gotta sometimes realize Danny Brown's what type of um 
mindset, what type of attitude is is happening at the club. And right now it's it's uh it's not good. Right now it's not not good at all. And it's negative. It, it's it's certainly negative. If, if you know what's positive, else. you know what's a very positive uh thing is that Ted Lasso is back on Wednesday. <laughs> Always something to look forward to with your Apple TV Plus subscription. By the way, let me just throw out real quick. Apple TV Plus, you got a big issue on your hand. I got to throw Uh-oh. it out there. That the complaints started early in this cast, and they've continued all the way through, so I might as well just get them all in at this point. The I With the game being early, and admittedly I did go out uh, and party like a, mad, like a madman uh, for a while um, uptown before I got myself home. I got home a little after 7, and I'm like, okay. I've had a few pops, but, you know, I'm, I'm having a good time. Let's turn on MLS 360 on Apple TV+. Plus. You know, the, the advantage of Charlotte playing at noon is that I get to watch all the other MLS games, you know, or at least keep an eye on them. And I, even though I was exhausted and I did eventually fall asleep, not shortly after. But I turn on MLS 360. First off, it's a wraparound show needs a lot of work. That's all I'm going to say. It's nothing to do with the people on the show, the, the studio crew and talent or whatever is fine. But the screen, they're wasting about, like, 25% of the screen by like on their four box with like uh, just having way too wide of margins. And then the real a travesty the, uh, the that I couldn't believe was that there's commercial breaks. There's like all kinds of commercial breaks in the, in the wraparound MLS 360 show. Like, like first off, it's a subscription service we already paid for. Second off, there's live soccer happening. Like, like these games are not taking a break. Like, it's soccer. You don't take commercial breaks in soccer. I couldn't believe it. I was like, at, my jaw was on the floor. And uh, I, I couldn't, I was completely shocked. And I get, like, if you go to an individual game, basically, like, basically the MLS 360 show is worthless, is what I'm trying to say. Like, if you want to, like, be your own Scott Hansen uh, and, like, whip around and do your own whip around, jump from game to game, you can do that. But you're really not miss you you know you have to like manually do it because there's no commercials on the individual games thank fuck but like uh, i mean like i i was just absolutely blown away what do you think of commercials on the mls360 i heard you mention that and i checked it out and i didn't like think it was a travesty only because it was very clear that it was a studio show right there was two hosts mm-hmm. and they were making it almost like a talk show with soccer mixed in in the background in the background right where they were having conversations they could say hey let's go out to this match for a little while and talk about it it was it was a talk show which to me it was an interesting experiment on how to watch a bunch of games without knowing if i wanted to watch one but the commercial breaks it's it's an egregious um money grab from from apple right on a subscription service we already paid for yeah well (laughs) it's insane i i I would be it's one thing if they did commercials like at halftime and post-match yeah like like three commercial breaks throughout the four-hour show i could understand or have a presenting sponsor yeah a, a break every five minutes i was absolutely blown away just couldn't could not believe it and you could just talk or toss to one game. It's it's a really difficult. I my honest thought was it's a really difficult production, and I'm impressed that they're even trying to have four people watch a bunch of soccer games with two hosts and make it like a talk show. 
that's not the easiest thing in the in the world to do. What type of audience is there out there for that? It's a very interesting. It's my, it's the first time that I have had an MLS Saturday Night experience on Apple at home, watching mm-hmm. something like that. Right. So compare. Oh, hear me out on this. Compared here, to what what we used to have, right? Which was not that. It was better, <laughs> right? Like I felt like it was Saturday Night MLS, and this was a new part of American sports culture, right? Where. Mm-hmm. All of these Saturdays are going to have a full slate of MLS matches Saturday night on MLS with the studio crew. So you can kind of get to know these personalities and want to watch games with them. I thought it was really it's, – it's interesting, but it's also very overproduced in a way that I think lends itself to, to commercial breaks. There's a lot of money spent on that production, Danny, right? We're not taking commercial breaks on this show because it doesn't cost anything. Just, right? just Shake Shack breaks, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. So we do, uh, and, and beer breaks and, and things like that. But for now, we, our production cost is not high. Apple's production cost is high. They're spending cash on this for sure. Sasha Kleshton does not come cheap. No, it's not even in talent. It's not even in talent. <laughs> but true. it is. But it is. It's both. right? The talent that they're paying for and the rights, the, the initial rights, fee package just coming off it's not it's a fresh buy right it feels like it's a big spend on that so you're you're putting the production cost on top of top of that adding the talent adding the travel and all of a sudden you've 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 got to have a top-notch product or it falls flat i think there's a lot of people that would look at apple's coverage and be critical of it and i do agree with you playing commercials during soccer is is a step in a direction i can just hear some purists out there saying no way no how Mm -hmm. but i would just encourage you to think about that show in a different way right it's like a it's a studio show personality show where you're just hanging on a saturday night it's on and you're not watching the games intently so you really don't care if there's a commercial break right like i guess that's not for me that yeah give me the cbs show during champions league i guess but i I do see what you're saying i think that that's i don't know (laughs) It, it wasn't it wasn't horrible for me, but I understand why you would say that. Like, I, I do think that if if there's any commercial breaks, like during the action, if they if they were to do like what golf does with playing through, mm-hmm. that might that might be better. That might be a better idea. When they go to commercial, they just lay out, and half the screen goes to a commercial partner, and it plays the sound, and the soccer is still on. That's how golf does it. Sure, that's great. Uh, here's my here's one sort of the nail in the coffin on this whole thing is that it was it would be an ad break and it was a short ad break but it was like a, a 90 second ad break you know two or three ads but one of the ads would always be for MLS season pass and it's like I can't I can't be watching the show I'm watching if I don't already have MLS season pass you don't need to advertise MLS season pass to me I'm already a subscriber that's fair so it's, it's like come on y'all that's fair I'm like, probably on the wrong side of this argument so uh, or this debate. I should say, um, but it doesn't really matter to me either way. I'll say this. There better not be a commercial during uh, the watch party on Saturday night at Elizabeth part of the room. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be there on Thursday. We're going we're to do a show there previewing that match. We're, we're going to do a show there previewing the independence and their opening match on Saturday against the Richmond kickers. That'll be fun. If, if you think that Charlotte FC is, is maybe too expensive if you think it's a pain in the ass to get to the stadium, if you don't feel like the product on the field is very good right now, you can have a nice 
easy soccer night out with a great view of Uptown, too. Um, and a quick walk to Elizabeth Parlor Room on Saturday night. That's why we wanted to have this party. That first watch party that we had was kind of like a test run. Um, it was so fun. I, it I, was, hope, I hope we have much fun on the next Saturday. For yeah, sure. it's 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 going to be tough to recreate that energy and that buzz for that first match in St. Louis. But Orlando is going to be a, a good atmosphere on Saturday. Remember. And it, it, it's is it finally – will you agree with it? I'll, I'll let you wait till Thursday, but I, I want to know from you at some point if it's a must win at this point. No. No, it's not. Still I'll not a must win. No. We were last year. We were the same spot. Zero and three, one goal scored. You know, and we and we made a run that would have got us in, into a playoff position. I think now, or at least in contention for that ninth spot, which wasn't there last year, which is this year. Can I do one thing before we get out of here? Can I get sure. bring up one more topic? Okay. And you've been one of the cool things. You've been like. You're like the StreamYard guru here. You've like figured out a way to incorporate video clips. You got the countdown going. Like our production level is like getting higher and higher every so. I got a video clip that I just uploaded that I want to play for you. Okay. It goes on for 30 more seconds, but that, that there you go. You heard me in my uh, very off-key, uh, intoxicated, trying to sing Valare with a handful of folks in the crowd. Uh, Valare, we got oh. to call it 0 for 2 so far in, in the attempts to like make this a tradition that Charlotte FC fans are doing. Um, I really love the song. I really love the idea of, of trying to sing a song that honors Anton Walks. But as you could see and hear in that video clip that we just played, like, the, not everyone's into it. And there were people after the game that were just like decided that they would rather just chant for their favorite players that, that had just played and, and do like, sort of like, you know, some post-game uh, celebrations that were not Valari. And the, the folks who were trying to sing it, God, God more power to them. But it brings up the question, can you force a tradition like this? Like I know like supporters groups tried to like come together. There was a news story about it. Carol uh, Walton wrote about it and all everyone was like, like, Volare, Volare is our new thing. We're going to do it. And I, we were on board. We sang it at the Elizabeth Parlor Room into these microphones at an episode. I'm for Volare, but I'm not for, like, forced traditions. And if people aren't buying in, then we need to, like, get on the same page one way or another. At least it played in the stadium. Where, where are you at with our, our, our culture in terms of, like, trying to, like, be united in this, in this crisis time for the club? The key word that you came up with is force. Right, you can't force a tradition. It's something that has to happen over time, and that's the th that's the theme of of maybe tonight's show, is that time is 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 everything. Remember, we talked about time healing all wounds, right? Where all of a sudden now time can come also come up with uh can come up with traditions as well. So you got to use time to your advantage, and right now you can't just very quickly say, oh, vo singing volar. What is it is is the tradition after the match? You can't just say that and it happened overnight. It has to pick up over time. So I respect mm -hmm. you trying to sing it. I I, I don't know. I, I don't want to make too much of a thing, but I like the song. <laughs> I like <laughs> no, it. You can play it whenever you'd like. Yeah, um, I'm gonna sing it. I'm gonna sing it next game for sure. So we'll we'll keep we'll keep trying it. And that next game is um Saturday. 
what is it? Two weeks from now, the next game is the next home. Uh, the 25th, I believe. Right. Which is also the same weekend that crown legacy opens their season on the Sunday, the 26th. Charlotte plays at home against Red Bulls, the hated New York Red Bulls, a team that like that we got in a lot of beef with last year. If we, if you want to talk about rivalries, yeah, we got the geographical rivalry with Atlanta, and I do feel that. But when it comes to teams that I learned to hate last year, Red Bulls would be very close to the top of the list. I'm glad that the next home game isn't for a couple of weeks because I think everybody just needs a break from one another right now. Yeah, uh, but sure. don't don't take a break from this show. You can find Please, us anywhere. No, we'll can, be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, come to the watch party still because. But we I don't know if we advertise this well enough, but basically, and again, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants here on this thing, but. We, we, we sort of like decide things in real time sometimes uh, just because we go with the flow. But it, it basically boiled down to free Modelo's on us, right? Like there's a, there's a drink special of um, cheap Modelo's at Elizabeth Parlor Room on Saturday nights. And we decided, hey, we'll buy, anybody that wants a Modelo, put it on our tab. And we'll do that again on this Saturday. So come down and have, drink some Modelo's with us. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a great party. You know, put, get the Modelo's popping. And you get all the games on all the TV. You get all, the game on all the TVs. Mm-hmm. And the, the big quad screen and everything's awesome. Right. People so are loving that. So. I, I think, like, from a watch party point of view, that and that's the emphasis is on watch. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that's the point. We go there to watch the match. It so. felt like being in the supporter section. Like, we were yell, like, there was yelling and screaming, and like, people could like be themselves and like really throw themselves in, into the watch. And like, thankfully, there were no beer showers, but like, uh, even when we scored, but like, yeah, it, it felt, I felt very comfortable at the party, like screaming and yelling. It was not, it was not a sit on your hands kind of party whatsoever. No, it wasn't. Uh, the one thing I do feel bad about, and some, some tremendous friends of the show came up and they were like, I didn't realize there wasn't uh, food here at the bar but it's a bar it's a bar that's what it is right. it's a watch party at a bar but there's there's a ton of food options uh around in that neighborhood so just check it out before and matt's go. working on getting a food truck and he is up in the, he, the they will level up the kitchen at some point for sure nice that's right he's and on, on thursday maybe we can get him to make uh, one of his special cocktails for us uh I, I i told him to, uh, that we'd love to have him on the show to do a guest spot and to talk about like his award-winning uh gin cocktail right is that what it was? The gin yes, cocktail? Yeah. Yep. The Navy strength. The Navy strength gin. That's right. Um, so maybe I'll have that on Thursday night. Um, I've been out of the game. I haven't had a drink on the show. It's because I've been feeling under the weather. I got the combine cold got me. Um, and the wedding. Brutal. Yeah. So but, but was, was, early. Was, yeah, was, was feeling better, though, this weekend. and was able to get to the wedding. Um, but excited to get back into the keep. You know, part of me wishes that I was going down to Orlando this weekend for the match. Not going to lie. You were there last year. Danny. I was. Yeah, I was. And uh, they got a nice little stadium down there. But we were – that was one of our worst – that was a really horrible game. We were pre- we were really bad. That was the uh, – the, uh, the that was the game where MAR finally just, like, had enough with TT and benched him at halftime. Uh, how about that? A halftime sub when you're underperforming at half. Who would have thought? But uh, – we did try to fight back in that one late, the last 15 minutes. Uh, hopefully, we look a lot better this year. Speaking of away days, right? We, we have our watch parties coming, but I've been thinking about this a lot, and it's something that we didn't do um, at the end of last year. We did in the beginning is go on the road to some away days, right? And I'm, I'm, I, just so you know, I'm eyeing uh, DC United Saturday, April 29th, drive up to, to DC. Could be a possibility. And then there's two weeks later, another drive potentially down to Atlanta United. So there's some away days coming up in the end of April, early May that are super drivable for Charlotte FC fans. So, you know, circle those dates on your calendar, see what's going on 
and maybe we could all, you know, some tremendous friends of the show can make the trip up and we can do a, a pre-party at that uh, brewery in D.C., Right yeah, near the, the stadium. Yeah. We, we can have exactly a Charlotte, what you're talking about. Yep. Charlotte soccer show pre-party there. That would be sweet. Bring the banner. Down to Atlanta. Yeah, bring the banner. We can go, we can go down to Atlanta. and Man, it's not – D.C. is a better trip than Atlanta. Yes. In my opinion. I totally agree. Totally agree. And then later on in the season, there's the – so uh, Philadelphia. At Philadelphia on Wednesday, May 31st. Um, I, I'm planning to be there for that match as well. So we're gonna we're gonna get three away days coming here at Orlando, Toronto, and, and Real Salt Lake this year. Um, those next three, those are tough. Those are tough. But after that, we're looking at three out of four. If could the dates wild, work, could be a wild spring. Could be a wild spring. Dates, so far, we're having, I'm having a lot of fun at the watch parties. But yeah, I'd like to take the show on the road as well. So yeah, but we can do both. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll do both. We'll do both this season. So. Uh, Results don't matter, right? That that's what support is. This team doesn't right. win a game until DC. I, right. I'm going for the pre-party. I'm going right. for the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for the soccer. I'm going to have a good time. But this team will win a game. This team will get some points. We got too much talent. We just got to figure it out on the coaching side. I, I look forward to do, uh, talking through some potential changes to the starting lineup with you on Thursday for sure. Big show coming up later this week. It's been fun hanging out with you, Danny Brams, on Sunday night. People watching this on Sunday night. Good for you. Devouring the content quickly. Thanks for getting an hour through the show this far along on a Sunday night. That's a that's a real tremendous friend of the show. Big and time. if you're if you're listening to this on Monday morning on the way into work, if you are listening on the way home from work, any time during the week, we're we're happy to be part of your day. Do us a favor, rate us, review us, let people know about the show. If you know Charlotte FC fans, um, let them know about the show. Send them a link. Say hey, um, subscribe to the to the feed and check out some of these episodes. Uh, and that really helps us. That, that really helps us on the back end. We appreciate that. Um, so until next time, as always, Danny Gramps. With the crown, baby. Mm-hmm.